I'm gonna cry you a river. No, I'm not gonna cry you a river, but you might cry a river after listening to this podcast. I don't know. Maybe the tears will be from laughing, and maybe they'll be from sadness. And the reason I say that is I'm, I have I have a bad announcement about a death that happened. Something close to me died, and I, I, I gotta talk about it. I've gotta share um share my my feelings and my story i'm trying to hold it together here folks um also uh tv why are we so obsessed with death um i mean good lord we love murder we love human tragedy and death it's it's the top rated thing on television what is going on with us humans and uh, how about dating? Do you have some secrets that you never told to your significant other? Or did they have secrets? <gasps> we all have them. We're going to talk about that. And then speaking of dying, here's someone, and I hate to say it, I wish would die, Dr. Ascot. But he's here today, and I got to do my on-air therapy session with him if I want to keep my job. My God-loving, hilarious job right here at the Harland Highway! Welcome to the Harland Highway. Relax. Get ready to have fun. What we've got here is failure to communicate. One cheeseburger with everything coming up! You just made a wrong turn onto the Harland Highway. Look at me, Damien. It's all this is Harland Williams. I'm a human being, God damn it! Hey, this is Harlan Williams, and we are a murder-obsessed society. Murder-obsessed. And if you don't believe me, turn on your TV tonight. Turn it on on any given night. 20 of the 21 shows in prime time are going to be about murder. If it ain't CSI Miami, it's CSI New York. Or it's this or that or somebody's digging up a body or solving a murder, man. What is going on as human beings? This is what catches our fancy? We're watching shows about other human beings who meet these grisly ends who have a hammer put through their skull or a, they're burned alive in a car. Or their wife or their husband poison them? People march around the country saying TV's too violent and movies are too violent and video games are too violent, but we want it. Whatever happened to Little House on the Prairie, huh? I doubt that show could exist these days. It would have to be Little House on the Prairie CSI. Looks like Nellie from the general store has been poisoned. The school teacher up at the schoolhouse, somebody rigged it so when she pulled the bell, it fell on her face and crushed her skull. Send in the doctor from the little town from House on the Prairie to dissect her skull and figure out the origin of impact and the angle of trajectory. We gotta cut back on the, uh, on all this murder, man. Start watching fun stuff again. Start. (laughs) 
Yeah, man, I'm I'm sorry to be the uh, the bearer of the bad news, but God, do we love it. It's creepy. It's downright creepy the way we gravitate towards all the, the top-rated shows. All the number one shows are like these horrible butcher festivals. I mean, it is just uh, we're obsessed with human misery and pain. I guess the psychological aspect is we like to sit there and go, oh, I'm glad that's happening to that guy and not me. This this is real easy. This dying thing, this, this is a breeze. Dying ain't so bad. Dying ain't so hard. Look at me. You know, I'm sitting here with some Pringles. I got a bottle of Dr. Pepper. I got my arm around my girlfriend here. And look at that guy stuffed into a box covered with uh, gunpowder and uh, blown up. Look at those serial killer victims, their feet sticking out of the ground. Their body here, their head over there in the pile of corn out in the field. Hell, this stuff, this this murder stuff, this death stuff happens to other people, not me. Pass the uh, popcorn, please. Charlize. Yeah. Sure, go to the fridge, get me another orange crush. Hurry up, though. They're about to dig up four teenagers that were buried alive in a car and drag a granny out of a river. I can't wait to see her rotted corpse. You know what? Make me an omelet. This is going to be great. Yeah, extra cheese, extra onions. Oh, my God, look at her face is decayed. Look at that old lady. Oh, they're pulling her teeth out to figure out her age. And look at this. Oh, my God. Someone just threw a baby from an airplane. Hurry up. Get in here. Forget the omelet. Get in here. There's a school bus full of children and nuns on fire. Oh, my God. They're pulling out their black and charred bodies and peeling skin off them. This is amazing. Get in here, you nuts. Don't worry. I T-vote it. Here, let's watch it again in slow motion. Good Lord. Oh, man. I'm going to order the box set of Pee-wee's Playhouse and uh, Highway to Heaven. How about that? Give me some peace of mind. Or you can just stay here and <laughs> listen to the Harland Highway. Woohoo! I'll take the omelet, thanks. Hello, Harland. Oh, what are you doing here? I heard you talking about death, Holland. Yeah, I was talking about death. I just did a whole thing on it about the, the CSIs and the murders and the... Sounds like you're afraid to die, Holland. Well, isn't everyone afraid to die? Let's not deal with everyone else, Holland. Let's deal with Holland. Alright. Don't say my name like that. Holland. I wish you'd die, Holland. Well, what do you mean, am I afraid to die? Of course, who isn't afraid to die? I want to help you overcome that fear, Holland. Fearing death can create limitations in one's life. Well, no kidding, Ascot. Holland, I want you to put these pennies on your eyes, Holland. What do you mean, put pennies on my eyes? Very often in the wild, wild west, 
They would put pennies on the eyes of the deceased, Arland. Yeah, they also drove around in wagons and ate salted meats, Arland. Well, what do you mean put pennies on my eyes? Arland, they did it in the wild, wild west, Arland. Okay, stop saying the wild, wild west. What has that got to do with me? That We're in the 21st century. Arland, the only way to overcome death is to pretend you're dead, Arland. That is the dumbest thing I've ever heard. I'm not putting pennies on my eyes. Arland. No, I'm not going to do it. Well, how about this then, Arland? What? I made some silver dollar pancakes this morning and have a couple in my pocket here. What are you talking about? You've got pancakes in your pocket? I always put a few in my pocket to keep my hands warm, Holland. You put silver dollar pancakes in your pockets to keep your hands warm. Are you an idiot? Holland, put the silver dollar pancakes on your eyes, Holland, or you will get a pink slip. Oh, you're going to threaten me with the pink slip again, huh? That's right, Holland. Give me the damn pancakes. Unbelievable. Maybe forget the pancakes. I want to go back to the pennies on my eyes. Too late, Arlen. That ship has already sailed. (laughs) What are you, giggling? Arlen, put the pancakes on your eyes. Give me the silver dollar pancakes. Unbelievable. Right here. Are you still there? I'm right here, Arlen. All right, whoopee-doo, what, am I supposed to feel dead? Well, Arland, often when people are dying, they start to feel a warm sensation spreading across their body, Arland. Okay, well, I don't feel... Oh, wait a minute. Wait a minute, That now I feel something on my skin. That feels... Okay, that's kind of like a warm sensation coming across on me. Yeah. Excellent, Arlen. Yes, that's a... Wait a minute. What is that smell? I'm getting these pancakes up. What the hell are you doing? I'm pouring maple syrup on you, Arlen. What the hell is the matter with... It's warm maple syrup from Vermont, Arlen. Yep. What is wrong with you? Pouring warm maple syrup on me. It's like death. Warming you over, Holland. It's not like death. Stop. Get out of here. Now my clothes are all sticky. I got syrup on my neck, on my face. Take your stupid pancakes and hit the trail. Just like they did in the wild, wild west, Holland. Stop saying wild, wild west. Another method of dying in the wild, wild west, Holland. Stop saying wild, wild west. Another method they used in the wild, wild west, Holland, is they used to hang people from the tree. Oh, so what are you going to do? Hang me now? It had crossed my mind, Holland. No, you're not going to do that. Pink slip. Oh, you got to be kidding me. Arland, what I want you to do is take my necktie. No. Put it around your neck. No. Stand on that chair underneath the ceiling fan, Arland. I'm not putting your tie around my neck and standing under the ceiling fan. And then I want you to tie the other end of the tie to the ceiling fan, Arland. 
Yeah, so you can kick the chair out, right? Holland. I'm not doing it. That's dangerous. Pink slips are dangerous too, Holland. Ah, give me the stupid tie, Ascot. Okay, look, I'm trying it on my neck. I'm up on the chair. I'm trying it to the ceiling fan. There, are you happy? You better not kick that chair out from under me. Holland, I wouldn't be doing my job if I didn't give you complete therapy. What does that mean? Say goodbye to the chair, Holland. No! No, don't do it! I can't breathe! Let me turn the ceiling fan on, Holland. Oh, no! Stop it! I'm twirling around! I'm... The tie is breaking! It's breaking! That's what they did in the wild, wild west. Holland. Oh, I wish that guy would die. Oh, grinding my gears, grinding them. And speaking of uh, death, while we're on it, here's a here's a sad death. This may seem stupid to you folks, like most of my podcasts seem stupid to you folks. <laughs> but uh, guess guess who died? Someone in my life died recently, and I'm very sad about it. Um, KFC died. And you're like, what the hell is he talking about? You know what? He's right. He is stupid. I mean, he's just stupid. Why do we put in the time? We could be at the bocce ball club. We could be lawn bowling. We could be sipping apple teenies down at the yacht club. What are we doing listening to this Tinderhead? Well, let me explain, will ya? Okay, go ahead, stupid. Easy. Um, there was a KFC in my neighborhood, okay? And, uh, sadly, it closed. And you're like, whoopee-doo, uh, you know, it's a fast food restaurant. They open and close all the time. Well, not this one. This one was my little buddy. This one was my companion. This one was here in Hollywood. Since I moved to Hollywood, this this was like my little hangout. This is this is the place that I used to go to that that saw me transition from a nobody into somebody who did some things and fulfilled some dreams and and saw some hopes and visions come to fruition. So let me explain. You know, I I live in uh, L.A. and Hollywood and. And, um, you know, over the years, I've moved around. I've had apartments. I've had houses, yada, yada, yada. But um, in the vicinity of where I live, there was, a, there was a little KFC restaurant. And there was a time when I actually lived right up the street from it. I could walk from my front door. I had a little one-bedroom apartment. I could walk from my front door down to... Um, KFC in about, you know, five minutes I could be there. And then I kind of moved farther away, but it was still, you know, relatively close. It's not, you can't walk to it anymore, but I could drive there in about 10 minutes, you know. And, um, 
And so uh, when I got to Hollywood and I was struggling and I didn't have much money and, uh, you know, I used to be working and writing and, you know, waiting for the phone to ring type of thing, I would wander down to KFC and next door there was a liquor store. And I guess because it's Hollywood, they sold a a trade magazine. It was called uh, The Hollywood Reporter and Variety Magazine. And these are daily trade, they're called trade magazines, and they're kind of magazines for the entertainment industry here in Hollywood. And they're all, you know, anyone can get them, but they're kind of like an insider magazine where, you know, they make announcements about movies that have been greenlit or or creative people like directors and producers who are uh, signed a deal to do a project, or they talk about shows that have been picked up or you know, actors and actresses that have signed deals or joined agencies, that type of thing. So I used to wander down there and I'd pick up a copy of Variety and I'd be like, gee, I hope I'm in here one day. I hope one day I'm reading about me in a deal. I hope I hope one day just a mention Harlan Williams gets a sitcom or Harlan Williams does a movie or Harlan Williams sells a script or, you know, whatever. You know, that's how Hollywood works. You come to town with nothing and you dream. And in my case, you dream big. If you don't dream big, don't dream. Um, so I would sit there and read this thing and have my chicken and it was a small little place and it was funny. It didn't have air conditioning. And sometimes it was like a sweat box in there. And the guys that ran it were these uh, Spanish dudes who, you know, I always think, okay, fast food, these guys are here for six months and they're gone. As God is my witness, these guys, these two Spanish guys, worked there from the day I walked into the door till the day they closed the doors. And that's almost like 20 years we're talking. These two really nice Spanish guys, and when I'd walk in, they go, Hey, hola, senor, you know, they dress me in Spanish, and I would say, Hey, hola, senor, back, and suddenly I thought I was Spanish, you know. I knew two words, hola and senor. And, uh, you know, sometimes they'd slip me an extra chicken wing or, you know, give me a little extra piece of chicken or not that I needed it, but was it was their way of saying, hey, you know, we like you. You come in here a lot. You're a uh, you're a, a, a dedicated customer. And what's funny and, and here's where I have an attachment to this place outside of the guys that ran it. And I got to, you know, I got to be friendly with them just just on a hello basis. But. As as my career started to grow, I continued to go in there because I felt a bit of, a, you know, there's a bit of a homing instinct in me at this place. Because it's like, this is the little restaurant that was with me when I didn't have a penny in my pocket. And so now I would go into the KFC and sit in my little booth with my chicken wings and my coleslaw. And my honey, I would put honey on my chicken wings. And now I'm I'm picking up my variety and my Hollywood porter. And lo and behold, I'm starting to see my name in things. Harlan Williams gets sitcom. Harlan Williams joins the cast of uh, Half-Baked. Harlan Williams signs on to do Rocket Man. Harlan Williams 
joins the cast of the Gina Davis show, blah, 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 blah. There, there was a point where I'm not kidding. There were times when I was in there like every week when I was kind of on the hot list and Hollywood couldn't get enough of old Harlan Williams. And it was exciting, man. It was it was like cool. I mean, I, I didn't buy it just for that. Like I said, I bought it just because I, I wanted to know what was going on in town. I wanted to know who was doing what, who, what the pieces to the puzzle were, what movies were getting made, what kind of deals were being done, right? And then all of a sudden, you know, one day I go in there and my buddies, my hola, senor buddies are like, hey, man, uh, are you in the movies? Are, did I see you on TV? And I'm I'm like turning red and I'm blushing. And I'm like, well, yeah, I guess so. And they're like, oh, man, we thought that was you. What are you doing now? You know, and suddenly I went from this kind of, you know, goofy customer. And now suddenly they're like, hey, we get a guy who's, uh, you know, <laughs> he's on TV, does movies. Not that that changes anything for me or, you know changes changes who i am as a human being but but they got a kick out of it because they i think they were along for the ride they saw that i was just kind of this scraggly guy and suddenly they're seeing me pop up in their living room and at their movie theaters on on tv and on the screen and uh and then here's where it gets shocking here's where it gets sad you know i i've been going there consistently like i said for almost 20 years and I'm not kidding just the other day I'm sitting at my place maybe I was working on a podcast even and I'm like oh boy it's like lunchtime I'm gonna go get me some hot wings at my little KFC all right I drive down there I pull up the place is gutted and there's big signs on the window leased The KFC sign is gone. The tables and chairs are gone. The hola, senor, guys are gone. There's no remnants of KFC. There's no neon sign. There's no spinning bucket. They stripped this place. I was shocked and saddened all in the same moment. I was like, wait, 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 whoa, whoa. Whoa, no, 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 what, no. It just looked horrible and ugly. It just, it just like this, it's like an empty crater, like a bomb went off. The building was still there, but it had no soul. It had no 11 herbs and spices. It had no chicken. <laughs> I'm crying. I'm crying right now. And outside of, you know, missing that little ritual that was part of my life, what I really felt bad about is that my buddies were gone. The hola, senor guys were gone. And I never got to say goodbye to them. I never got to wish them luck. I never got to wish them well. I never got one final, hey, adios, senor. You know, I would have liked to have shaken their hands and looked them in the eye and said, thanks for the service. And, you know, there was a connection there, and I know they felt it too. It wasn't like, you know, a love story or anything to write a movie about, but it, it was what it was. And what really bums me out is I was in there probably about, uh, you know, maybe a month ago, maybe even three and a half weeks ago, and 
they were there. And I bought my chicken and I, I went home and I ate it. And they never said anything. I mean, they must have known the end was near. Oh, so sad. So wherever those guys are, I hope they're doing great. Uh, thank you for, in a way, providing me a little space of comfort. I know this sounds ridiculous. Uh, Harland, you're talking about finding comfort at a Kentucky Fried Chicken. Well, that's the kind of guy I am. I used to even take friends there. I think I took a few dates there even. It was like my little place. And what's what's shocking too is not only you know the the surprise of seeing everything just gone and ghost towned, but since when does a Kentucky Fried Chicken shut the doors, man? They're they're like the most you know they're like a famous established franchise, and that place was always busy. That's like how often you see a McDonald's just vanish. It's you know that those things are like permafrost; they don't go away. And I guess I just felt sad because it reminded me how life is just always transitioning and things that have meaning to you and provide comfort to you can be there one day and just gone the next. And all those memories and all that significance is just gone. It's vanished. And it tugs at the old heartstrings a little. Can I get some sad music? So there you go. Kind of a long story, but... I thought I'd share my moment of death with you. At least nobody was injured or hurt. It's just a greasy, heart-clogging, fast-food chicken restaurant that's gone. And some of you are probably like, Yay, get rid of the greasy fast food. Thank God. Close the rest of them. Well, you know, people find meaning in different things, and uh, this was just my little hang. So, looks like I gotta find something new. Um, hello, Burger King, just down the street. Hello, hola, Burger King. Hey! <laughs> I can't pretend to laugh. I'm crying. Okay, I'm saying. Oh, little chickens, little fried chickens. Oh, oh, oh. Wow, I just cried chicken tears. All right, let's get out of this. I've used up the whole show on this. Um, R.I.P. KFC. There really is a Kentucky Fried Chicken School. Yep, today we're making the Colonel's original recipe. What have you learned? Fresh chicken makes the best chicken. And that we use 11 herbs and spices. Oh, but that's the Colonel's secret. And special pressure cooking. So it's always tender and juicy. Looks like you've learned to make great chicken. Only way to serve our customers right. It's so nice, nice to be so good about it. So good about Kentucky Fried Chicken. Let history tell the tale. History. God, history can be fascinating, but it can also be... can be devastating. You ever have one of those days where you're laying around with your girlfriend or your boyfriend? You're just laying in bed, giggling and tickling and staring into each other's eyes, and suddenly the girlfriend goes, So have you ever done this with anybody? What do you mean? You know, the thing we just did. Have you ever done that with, like, another girl? 
Well, no, I mean, maybe I could have, but it wasn't as good. I mean, she didn't do it as great as you did, this type of thing. Oh, so you've done it before? Well, no, not really. I mean, we tried it just for a second, and it didn't work out, and we were comfortable with it, so... But you did try it. Ah! Isn't it creepy to know that the one you're with has done stuff with other people? And then as you're chit-chatting about your past, the other one lets something slip that you really wish you'd never heard. Yeah, and then there was that one time he tied me up and um, we brought the other three girls in and the other two men. What? What? No, what What did I say? You said you were tied up and... No, I meant my friend Carol. My friend Carol was telling me that happened to her. No, you just said it was you. Okay, but that was then, and, you know, I was young and wild, and, you know, it doesn't mean anything. It doesn't mean anything? Well, in that case, can we do that? Oh, no, I would never do that again. Oh. Isn't that a toughie? And then that stuff's always in your head. And you know you've got stuff that you could have told her, too, right? But you didn't. Because maybe you were the one with the flying trapeze act and the wax candle. History tells us one thing. It's to watch out about talking about your history. Because you say the wrong thing, my friend, and you might just be history. Harlan Williams. Oh, yeah, and speaking of history, we are history. We are out of time and not a moment too soon. I mean, we didn't want to start uncovering a lot of uh, dark secrets, did we? Ooh. Um, hope you had a good time today. Um I know I did, and uh, I hope uh, you'll be back and tell your friends about the Harland Highway because we are having a blast motoring along on the Harland Highway. A few announcements. Don't forget you can pick us up at Stitcher. Uh, It's an app on your cell phone. Just uh, search for Stitcher, and you will be able to listen to the Harland Highway wherever you go. On your cell phone. Uh, Don't forget also, uh, this weekend, March 2nd and 3rd, yours truly will be in Pasadena, California at the Ice House doing stand-up comedy and sketch improv comedy, and it is going to be awesome. Uh, Make sure you get your tickets for the Ice House in Pasadena. Great club, incredible club, one of the best in the country. Uh, Dave Letterman, Johnny Carson, all the greats have have, uh, graced the stage at the Ice House. So come on out and be part of history and uh, have some laughs. And uh, don't forget to check out uh, HarlowWilliams.com. Check out our store. We've got all kinds of fun merchandise for you. All the prices have been lowered to help us all through this lousy economy. And uh, don't forget to write. HarlemWilliams.com is the email address. And uh, maybe your letter will make it into the listener mailbag when we do that next. Um, But for now, I guess I got to get over to Burger King and start building a nest. And when I'm there, maybe I'll order a great big bowl of chicken chow mein, baby. (laughs) 